truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show. As you may have heard, I am not Steve Dace. Steve Dace did not get a transition. Uh, I, he is not a, he is not a female now that I know of. I don't know. I will let him speak for himself. Uh, I am Sarah Gonzalez here filling in with my good friend, Jason Buttrell with you as always. Yes. With, with, with me as always. What were we, you know what we talked about, um, about doing a, a podcast and I have a great name for it. Beauty and the brawn as opposed to beauty and the beast. Got it. See what you did there. Do you want to like, let's do it. Right. How has that not happened yet? I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Dude, look how dope the studio is. It is first really cool. It is really cool. Um, I But you're too far away, right? Can we just say, I mean, I feel like I have to have binoculars when I see you. Um, we need to yell at each other, maybe. I know. It feels like one of those like really long like dining room tables. Like, <laughs> For Sarah, like Thanksgiving dinner. Sarah, could you pass the salt, please? <laughs> huh? I said, can you pass the salt? <laughs> Uh, if you want to tweet at us during the show, I am at Sarah Gonzalez TX. Jason is at Jason Buttrell. Uh, and uh, if you want to call in, it's 888-900-3393. Got a lot to get into. But first, we want to uh, thank our sponsor, Relief Factor. Um, so Relief Factor, I've used. And I, I was in a car wreck in 2013. And um, got a bunch of protruding herniated discs in my spine. And, you know, Relief Factor is all natural. And I'm all about the all natural products. I tried, I did try Big Pharma first, but I also tried acupuncture. See, I'm a, I'm a hippie. I'm a conservative <laughs> hippie. So I tried acupuncture. I tried massage. I tried all of these other things. Nothing worked but then I started working here and I kept hearing about Relief Factor. You know, Glenn uses it. I believe Steve does as well. Everyone here seemed to be using it and it was working for them. Jason, it's worked I for you. It. Yep, yep. Because um, you're really old and things are starting to Very hurt. old, this is true. No, I, this And this is specifically for veterans. Not just for veterans, but specifically for veterans because that was my case. Working out's been your entire life. Yeah. Putting your body through extremes has been a good portion of your life. Now that when you got out, you, you're in that routine. You want to keep doing that type of thing. You want to get out and run. You want to go for hikes, stuff like that. Relief Factor got me back to running my daily three-mile uh, run that I used to do. I couldn't do it for a while because my knees were so jacked. Yeah. But I was on it less than two weeks. I was back into running my three miles with no pain. So if you are really old and falling apart like Jason. <laughs> yes, Or if you just, just had something happen <laughs> where you're just one of the millions of Americans who are just living in pain, it doesn't have to be that way. You can go to relieffactor.com. They have a three-week quick start pack that they offer for $19.95. 70% of the people who use that go on to keep ordering more. It's working for the majority of people. It can work for you. All you got to do is go to relieffactor.com or you can call 800 800- Five hundred eight three eight four. Uh, I'm fed up today, Jason. Well, yeah, I am. Fe- what you're like? Well, that's a day ending in day, Sarah. You're always <laughs> fed up about, about something. What's the difference? I am just so sick to death of the left and the media being complicit in all of their attempts to just attack and smear and lie and deceive. Whenever they possibly can. Um, 
It's gotten hard to even tell what's true and not. I it, mean, literally. It, you wonder if you're, is this The Onion or is this CNN? Right. I don't know. I don't know anymore. Even if you try and fact check it, they're all aggregating the same junk. Yeah. So you'll see one article from CNN. You'll see 12 others from a source that you might think is credible, mm-hmm. but they're all just repeating what that one dude right. said. Yeah, none of them are whatever. actually sourcing any stories. No. At all whatsoever. Uh, case in point, let's talk about this Lawrence O'Donnell insanity uh, because... Oh, Larry. Uh, Can you stop the hammering? So, <laughs> thank you for bringing that up. Just to set the stage, before we talk about Lawrence O'Donnell's just awful journalism, I just want to remind everyone, we'd like to remind you uh, who Lawrence O'Donnell really is and whether or not his sanity is completely intact. Watch. James Fellows and Josh Ernest, thank you both for joining us tonight. Really appreciate it. Stop the hammering out there. Who's got a hammer? Where is it? I don't know. Where's the hammer? Is it on the... uh, Go up on the other floor. Somebody go up there and stop the hammering. Stop the hammering. Stop the hammering. Stop it. Stop it. Call Phil Griffin. I don't care who the I have to call. Stop the hammering. (laughs) Empty out the control room and find out where this is going on. It's either there or there. It's there. Or out there somewhere. Or somewhere over there. (laughs) 360 degrees. (laughs) That was a crazy sound coming in my ear. This stupid hammering. I told you why I wanted those words cut. It just sucks. It sucks to be out here with this out of control out of control. Any <laughs> thing can come into my ear at any moment. Oh, things. Yeah. How do you say this guy's last name? He needs therapy. <sighs> <laughs> I, you've got to listen to the unedited version. It's it so could, great. It, it might be coming from there or also there <laughs> or maybe behind me. Basically, it's coming from some other location other than where I'm sitting and I need you to find it. It's great. It's the only thing that rivals that is um, Bill O'Reilly's. Yes. That's the only thing. Yes. I've literally wasted about 30 minutes of my day, <laughs> multiple days, just playing both those clips. Let's back be honest. To back that's to not back. wasting your That's not wasting <laughs> no, yeah, your Yeah, you're right. That that's, was not, that's a waste. not a waste of time, time at all. Spit. Yes, that is not a waste of time at all. So that is just as a reminder who Lawrence O'Donnell really is. Uh, and so Tuesday evening, of course, Mr. Stop the Hammering dropped this bombshell revelation about Trump and Russia. This is what he had to say. A single source uh, who has told me that the Deutsche Bank obtained tax returns, which they do have, of Donald Trump's, show that the president pays very little income tax. Hmm. That's probably not going to be very surprising to people. Probably not going to be especially politically damaging since he ran saying, I try to pay as little as possible. Then there's the other part, the loan documents. And that is part of what this subpoena is going after. And Hmm. this single source Hmm. close to Deutsche Bank has told me Hmm. that the Trump, Donald Trump's loan documents there show that he has co-signers. That's how he was able to obtain those loans. And that the co-signers are Russian oligarchs. There it is. What? What? Really? Really? That would explain, it seems to me, 
every kind word Donald Trump has mm. ever said about Russia and Vladimir Putin, if true. Oh, and I stress the oh, if true part of this. There it is. If true. I mean, I've just laid out for you this entire narrative and also tied it to Trump's actions and why he speaks so highly of Russia and their officials, if true. But I just told you that I had a source that told me that. So why wouldn't you believe me? We can't. <laughs> we can't. We can't. Oh, wait, wait. So I was just about to jump ahead of ourselves to, to, to his actual apology. I'll save that. One. Okay. But this is this is exactly what you were just talking about mm-hmm. with them going off the rails on certain things that you know, could or could not be true, but they're writing it up like it sounds very, very damning. Um, if you look on Twitter, right, if, if this gets posted to Twitter, right, you know, Lawrence O'Donnell, you know, says blah, 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 uh, you know, Russian oligarchs co- co-signed his Deutsche Bank uh, loans. That will get about 1.7 trillion retweets. It did. He posted on Twitter, he wrote... I've got this new bombshell story about Donald Trump co-signing, you know, having co-signers that were Russian oligarchs. Tune in tonight. Yeah. Now, but imagine, let's just, let's just go out on a limb here and say, okay, this was not true. You know, his source might have been, you know, wrong. Um, and if there's a retraction, I wonder how many retweets that would get. I mean, I think, 30? yeah, I, I have the answer for you. It'll take me a second to get it. But I did see, I believe it was your friend, Dan Andros. Mm. Who, who tweeted, I believe that the first, his first tweet that said, I've got all this information, a source tells me this, watch tonight on The Last Word or whatever the heck his show is called, um, had, I believe, 81,000 likes. And his retraction that we'll get into later had about 3,000 likes. <laughs> That's how it is every time. The damage is already done. Yeah, and people don't care. No. It's like, you know, Facebook, uh, Twitter, they always talk about countering like fake news, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but I, at this point, I don't think people even care to counter fake news at this moment. If it, regardless of truth, regardless yep. if it just goes their line, that's what they want to jump onto. People yep. are so, you know, thrown into their, you know, their, uh, their silos, you right. know, their, their, their echo chamber. That they really just do not do not give a crap. They're willing themselves to say something that's not true. If it'll get any traction, it'll get any buzz, just as long as it helps their side win. Yeah. That's it. So come to find out, shockingly, uh, the following morning, MSNBC booking producer, not Lawrence O'Donnell himself, but MSNBC booking producer uh, tweeted out a very minor, just really, really minor just a tweak, a little bit of a correction. He said, uh, Deutsche Bank is declining to comment on Lawrence O'Donnell's reporting that Russian oligarchs co-signed Trump's loans. Of course. The information came from a single source who has not seen the bank records. NBC has not seen those records and has not yet been able to verify the reporting. Wow. Uh- so <laughs> the, the all this bombshell report... That was so important for him to tweet about and lead his entire program with the source that he says the information came from has not actually seen the documentation. Are you kidding me? No one has seen it. So no no one one. MSNBC, the source hasn't seen it. No one. So no one. Literally, was was this guy like taking a deuce, you know, in the men's bathroom and like someone was like, hey, guess what I heard? At this point, you could. Jason, I would be willing to button it. To but to bet an insane amount of money that if I called CNN or MSNBC and said, 
Uh, I just want you guys to know that I saw Donald Trump kill someone. And I, I, I just... Uh, so what happened? They'd be like, will you please come on our programs immediately and tell the entire world they would not do any vetting. They would not find out if I was a crazy person. They would not find out if I was a liar. They would not look at anything as long as someone was bringing them a story that made Donald Trump look bad or that made it look like they didn't waste two years of everyone's lives complaining about Russian collusion. Yeah, They would take whatever it took. What cracks me up about about how a lot of the media, especially MSNBC, I, I, I expect this crap from MSNBC. Mm-hmm. I'm very surprised that CNN didn't jump right on this bandwagon because even though they, I hold CNN more, uh, I don't know, I hold them more liable when they do stuff like this because they're supposed to be impartial. Yeah, which they've shown, you know, that's that's their whole thing. That's why they say you should watch them because they're impartial. But they're the same thing as MSNBC, you know, at, at this point. Right. But what's so funny about all, all this is what one of the first things you see every time the president will say something or anyone on the right will say something. The, the headline will read uh, like, you know, something along the lines of Donald Trump says this or claim this without evidence. Yep. Or, you know, he said something about this, but without evidence. Yep. I'm, I'm I'm sorry. Like it's not his job to provide evidence every time he says something. How ridiculous is that? You know, like if you came into me and said, "Hey, Jason, uh, yeah, you know, right before I came over here, I went to the grocery store." Right. I'd be like, "Oh, really? <laughs> provide your why, evidence. Why don't you show me?" Right. Who does that? <laughs> Are you, oh, oh, and you're like, "Oh, well, I keep my uh, receipt along just in case I have to." Pro-. No one does that. <laughs> no one does that. And they they hit the president on this stuff all the time. But they'll come out with a bombshell report like this. But what did they not have? Any evidence. Mm-hmm. But you're the journalist. You're supposed to be providing that. Yep. How lazy are they right now? It's disgusting. It's disgusting. <laughs> and so, you know, of course, after this airs, President Trump's legal team sent M- uh, NBC News a demand for it was very it was a scorching letter. It said, um, you know, that they must immediately and prominently retract, correct and apologize for the false and defamatory statements. Um, now, if that's me, right, if I'm Lawrence O'Donnell at this point, I see this letter and I'm like, okay, it's kind of intimidating. I don't want to be in hot water with the president's legal team because I'm sure he has a bunch of really good lawyers. Um, and that's the last thing I want to do is draw attention to myself for something like that. I'm just going to play it safe and do exactly what they've asked and not try to sneak in any sly remarks, right? I mean, wouldn't that be what you did? Yeah. Okay. Well, he, we got that apology uh, <laughs> last night. And, you know, it's funny. I was I was discussing this with my husband. He said, oh, I'm sure he's going to throw in some, you know, some swing at Trump. And I said, no, I really don't think he's going to. Wait for the butt at the end? Yeah, I, okay. I said, I really, I mean, surely he's not going to. This is very, this was very clearly a hit job and very clearly dishonest, irresponsible reporting. Surely he will just acknowledge that and move on and not use that particular moment as a time to shape his narrative uh, against the president. Well, I will let uh, let you guys judge for yourselves on whether or not that's what happened. Here is his apology watch. Last night on this show, I discussed information that wasn't ready for reporting. I repeated statements a single source told me about the president's finances and loan documents with Deutsche Bank, saying, if true, 
as I discussed the information, was simply not good enough. I did not go through the rigorous verification and standards process here at MSNBC before repeating what I heard from my source. Had it gone through that process, I would not have been permitted to report it. I should not have said it on air or posted it on Twitter. I was wrong to do so. We don't know whether the information is inaccurate. But the fact what? is, we do know it wasn't ready for broadcast. And for that, I apologize. What? That was the butt. What? That was the butt. What? Look, <laughs> I'm here to tell you I should not have aired this story. It's very clearly not properly sourced or vetted, which is why it shouldn't have gone to air. But I can't tell you it's inaccurate. We don't know that. All right. There's a lot that we don't know at this point, Jason. You could be a mass murderer. That's po- very possible. We don't know that. Yeah. You, the this, reason it you, might not be inaccurate. I don't know. Who am I to say? The reason you like opossums, <laughs> which again, the O is ent- extremely just stupid to put that in it there. Is. But Just it's, call them possums. The reason you like opossums is because you're weaponizing them to go invade and terrorize the rest of your neighborhood. Look, we don't know that's not the case. <laughs> Okay, that that part's true. That's very possible. (laughs) That's literally the excuse for like every... They they love to hit people up for being a conspiracy theorist. Mm -hmm. That's literally they're a a conspiracy theorist excuse every time. Look, we we don't know that's not true. Mm -hmm. We don't know that aliens colonized Mars, then colonized the United States, and now lizard people are are the Illuminati. We don't know it's not true. And they make fun of us for being conspiracy theorists. (laughs) I know. I mean, I had someone uh, on Twitter, which I know is just a cesspool, and I shouldn't use that as an example, but it is truly terrifying when you have people who are still pushing the Russian collusion narrative, and this kind of crap is why they're doing it. I mean, I actually had someone who said, well, it makes sense because uh, Donald Trump colluded with Russia, and I was like, but he didn't. And they said, oh, well, you must not have read the Mueller report, did you? Oh, you call yourself a reporter, which I'm not. I'm the host of a television show that gives commentary. But, oh, you call yourself a reporter and you haven't even read the report. I'm like, no, it was very clear. If you want to talk about obstruction, we can talk about obstruction. But it was very clear that they didn't find any evidence of it. Oh, well, then the conversation became... Yeah, well, just because they didn't find any evidence of it doesn't mean that he didn't do it. (laughs) Maybe one day. Maybe one day. MSNBC should know better. And I think that uh, Rachel Maddow, I think she's had her hand slapped on this. Because if you were watching the video, you could see when he first started going into this, Mm -hmm. she didn't look too terribly comfortable. You know? That was was what the, (laughs) hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then the what? (laughs) That was the... I am not comfortable enough to latch on to this because it sounds really, really crazy, but I know I have to respond somehow, so I'm just going to make it sound like what you're saying is really insightful. Right, right. Hmm. Um, and the, I, I know, I, I can almost guarantee she was told to tone down the Russia stuff. Look, she, they got, yes. she got very popular. I think she actually leaped over Sean Hannity for a little bit during the very height of that craziness. Wow. So it was, it was always her, it, it was always like her or... Hannity, her, and like Tucker or whatever for the top three. And uh, Maddow and, and Hannity were just going, they were going to the mattresses like every week. Yeah. Now she is like, I think not even in the top 10 or something like that. Be- directly because of this. Directly because of this. Yes. Because people were like, oh my gosh, I see what you guys have been doing to us this entire yes. time. This entire thing is bullcrap. And 
it's funny because they broke their own rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, Solinsky's rules for radicals. One of the top two or three rules is don't continue to beat a dead horse. Do not, if you stay on one tactic for too long, you lose it. Mm-hmm. The, eventually, the sympathy turns. You lose them, and it turns. And the Russia collusion investigation went on for what? Two plus years? Yeah. Two plus years. And then it comes down in that report, and you're exactly right. I did read that entire mm-hmm. damn thing. And that, oh my gosh, I don't wish that on anybody. But um, it is very clear in that. That's that, why when 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 Glenn Beck says, you know, brings a, a report and he's like, well, we've read the whole report. No, it's not we. It's Jason. Yeah, it was me. <laughs> it was me. And I usually have like three hours to get it done yep. or something like if that I, I that's what sucks about all of these like investigations, because every I have like a whiteboard where I put all these investigations on. I'm like, look for the IG report. Mm-hmm. Have it done by blah, 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 blah. There's this. Inve- There's still like four more that I that I have on my docket to complete. There should be. Oh, there was another one actually. Uh, the IG report that just came out about Comey. Oh, that was that today. That was today, that right? Was today. Yeah. Have yeah. you read it yet? No, I haven't. I, I don't. I don't even know if that's all of that's been released yet. Okay. But th- I think there has been a summary where they doesn't look good for Comey. No. It, well, I think he's getting off the hook though. It came out. It, it came out. I think. Of course he is. It got delivered to the DOJ maybe a month or so ago, mm-hmm. and it basically said that Comey, yes, for personal gain, he leaked uh, FBI information. When he should not have for personal gain, it looks very bad. But the uh, DOJ said they weren't going to bring a case up. Mm. So what? I mean, nothing what will a, happen to him. Nothing will happen to him. What a weasel! And then he'll go and tweet some picture of him staring out into the forest. He is. Oh, oh my gosh, he is insufferable. <laughs> Absolutely insufferable. He might be one of the most corrupt FBI um, directors that we've ever had, and that's saying something. You know. Uh, okay, so we did we did think tank together back in the days where we filmed it uh, over in the other part of the studio. What was it, 2015, when all of this, you know, Comey was in the news and President Trump had last shouted him. And I was naive enough to believe at that point in time that James Comey was just truly just trying to do his job. That is what I thought. I think he's trying to be objective. I don't think he has a bias either way. I just think his hands are tied with what he has to go with or what he has to go from. And he is just trying to do his job to the best of his ability. I feel so stupid for ever thinking that. I know, but I don't, I don't even think it's partisan driven anymore. Like some people will say, oh, because he's a lefty. You know, no, because he's, you know, he, cause he's, conser- you know, he's conservative. I just think it's because he's in it for him. Exactly. Yeah. Like, because it explains how the media has jumped on board with him depending on what side of the aisle they're on. Yeah. Like it, when, when it was the Hillary Clinton thing, when he was coming out about the, when he released that statement about the emails, you know, the left hated him. The right loved him. Then it completely flipped, yep. literally almost overnight. Yep. yep. And the, the sides that hated him now loved him. And that's why I, I, that's why I said, I was like, poor James Comey, he can't win. He's just trying to do his job. Can everyone leave James Comey alone? And, but, but when you really look at it, like, just like what you said, I think it's all for him. He's always, he always, everything that's surrounding him with those little announcements is a media, media circus. Mm-hmm. It's a huge spectacle. Mm-hmm. I think, exactly. I, I think a book deal has always been in his sights. Yes. I think the, uh, I don't know. He should have been a Hollywood movie star or something like that because that's what he's really after. But it's all about Comey. That's all it is. I want to write a book called Go Away, James Comey. <laughs> it doesn't need any words in it. I think the title is self-explanatory, but just for the cover, just Go Away, James Comey. We might have to market that. The uh, end. <laughs> Nobody steal that. It's mine. I called it. Okay. 
so going back to this Lawrence O'Donnell thing really quickly. Um, so we're going to have my friend Jamie Kilstein coming up. He's a, a comedian and he hosts his own podcast. He is one of those people who um, he's he's a liberal, but he wants to have a conversation. And that's not allowed these days um, in uh, with the left. So I tweeted, thanks to President Donald Trump's legal team for um, for shutting this liar down. Now, first of all, I had people who were like, well, he didn't technically lie. Okay, you like, please. He knew exactly what he was doing. He was using a narrative that he knew would fit what he was trying to push, and he knew that the people would latch onto it. If you, if you don't care, I, I don't care if that doesn't fit the technical definition of a liar. He's lying. Is that fair? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So I said, uh, you know, President, I'm so glad that President Trump's legal team shut this liar down. And Jamie Kilstein, who we'll have on in a few minutes, he said, um, you know, yeah, this isn't a good look, guys. You know, talking to his own party, like, hey, Democrats, we can't be doing this. We can't be, you know, just throwing stuff out there. We have to have honest journalists. We have to have honest reporting. I could not believe I was amazed at how much of a pile on he got from people who are supposed to be on his side. What were they saying? I mean, they were calling him a grifter. (laughs) They were saying that there's no point in having a conversation with um, with the other side because they're a bunch of racists. Um, I mean, it was just unbelievable. The sweeping generalizations they made and blamed him for just saying, hey, maybe we should just have a conversation. Like, I, I don't agree with their stance on abortion. I don't agree with their stance on guns. I don't agree with just about any of their political stances. But at the end of the day, we're all people. And, you know, we should be able to have conversations and... We can't have those anymore. Can't you know? You cannot do it. That, what I said earlier. They, they don't care about what's fake, what's right, what's wrong, whatever. They just want it to fit their side, and it doesn't matter. If you want to be really depressed, you, go on YouTube and look for videos of Milton Friedman giving uh, his his lectures at colleges. Mm-hmm. He'd go to places like Berkeley, and there'd be hippies lining up to answer him questions at the end. He'd ask him a question. Obviously, they're very far left, and obviously Friedman's not. <laughs> um, but they would ask him a question. He would destroy them because he's Milton Friedman. And uh, at the end, the hippie. The hardcore leftist, maybe even Marxist, would say, all right, thank you, sir. Appreciate you being here, professor. And he'd walk off. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) They didn't start, they didn't shoot bear mace into his freaking face. Like, because that's what happens today. Right. People, we've always disagreed with each other. Right. It's just only now that we can't listen to the other side. Exactly. Exactly. And and when we get him him on the phone, I want to ask him because personally, I feel like it's it's not exclusively coming from the left. But it's largely coming from the left that you get this. I mean, people go out in public wearing red hats and they get they get the crap beat out of them. Right. Like, I understand there's the Proud Boys and, you know, they do what they do. And I don't necessarily think that it's right. But I feel like overwhelmingly and this is in spite of a mainstream media who will not cover, uh, you know, who will not cover 
someone beating someone up who's wearing a red hat because they don't want their side to look bad. So this is in spite of a media probably covering up a lot of these things that are happening. My experience has just been it's it's almost exclusively from the left. You can have a conversation if you're a conservative, but you can't have a conversation if you're on the left. And I, for the life of me, I want to understand why that is. What is different? I get it that we're both tribes, right? The, we are both tribes at this point. Conservatives are a tribe. Liberals are a tribe. And we've already factioned off and, you know, we don't want to listen. But the vitriol... Well, when you label somebody as when one side labels the other as a racist, right? You've already shut down any conversation. We are we are all white supremacists. <laughs> yeah. By the way, me, I'm a white supremacist. You know, my maiden name being Gonzalez and all. I I really <laughs> I am put a put a clan hood on me. I mean, it's like when you when you resort to those tactics, uh, you've already said I'm not dealing. You're not because you're not going to deal with a fascist. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to deal with a fascist. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to deal with a white supremacist. No way. I'm not even talking to you. I don't care what you have to say. When you put those labels on, you instantly say this entire group of people, I don't care what you have to say. Fascist. Fascist. By the way. that That's the one that kills me. Like, fascist? Really? So you think the person who wants to have the conversation is fascist, but the person who wants to shut down every single person who doesn't agree with them... Oh, no, that is totally anti-fascist, guys. Great job. Way to go on using those terms correctly. It's un-freaking-believable. All right, we got Jamie Kilstein coming up next. You don't want to miss it. And a lot more to come on Jason and Sarah's show. (laughs) Just kidding. Steve Dace. This is not Steve Dace. (laughs) (laughs) I know I say this every time, but I feel like he has such killer intro music. I know, right? And it's it's pumping everyone up for like this big, deep, booming voice. And I'm like, hello, (laughs) it's Sarah and Jason. (laughs) I thought we were going to get like a theme song, something like rocked, something that jammed. We need to. So for the podcast. Did you just say that jammed? Yeah. Is that not a. Oh, my God. Is that not a... It's so dope, Jason. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I am a few decades back. Huh. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't kidding earlier when I said Jason's really old. <laughs> um, before we uh, before we get back into it, I want to tell you guys about a product that I personally use that I fully, fully believe in and have vetted. For those of you who don't know, I know the old school listeners have... Uh, you guys have heard me say this all the time, and you're so sick of Sarah talking about how she used to be fat. Okay, we've heard it, Sarah. You used to be fat, but I really did. I mean, I, I lost 100 pounds. Oh, yeah, look. So for those of you watching on Blaze TV, uh, excuse me, Christian, <laughs> hook them. Thank you very much. Don't give me those horns down. Um, so, yes, that was me, the number Buffets 10. feared her arrival. <laughs> <laughs> they had to raise the prices because of me. Um, but so Ma'am, I, you can't take that stuff home. You really can't. <laughs> so I like, give me the to-go box. <laughs> so I lost 100 pounds. No. And like a lot of you probably have, have realized uh, with, you know, a lot of yo-yo dieting and losing weight, you gain the weight back a lot of the time. It's really hard to maintain and keep the weight off. That is where Riduzone comes into play for me. 
Um, Radiazone has, it contains the product OEA, which is, um, it's, it, you produce it in your body. It's a, a metabolite that you produce in your body, but usually we don't produce enough of it. So OEA sends a signal to your, from your stomach to your brain that you're full. So if you're not producing enough of that signal, you're not going to get it and you're just going to keep cramming food in your mouth and then you're going to gain more weight. Um, so use Ridiazone. It helps with food cravings and it helps boost your metabolism. And hey, it's the same metabolite found in olive oil, but instead of like chugging liters of olive oil, you're just taking it in a capsule. It's way easier that way. You can go to uh, Ridiazone.com, get 30% off of a th- three-month supply if you use promo code Steve. That is promo code Steve at R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E dot com. Was that picture of your mother? You and your yes, mother? Yes, that was myself and my I mother. just realized who your mother is. And that's kind of cool that you have a famous mom. She what? just dropped out of the presidential race today, though. But oh! Pull that back shots up! Shots fired to put, my mom! Put, put, a, put, a, put a side-by-side, if we have the time later... Of oh, Christian Gillibrand. That is, is that not Christian wrong. Gillibrand? Yeah, it kind of is. That's not bad for your mom. I mean, she, I, I think Christian Gillibrand's good, good looking. Yeah, I mean, she, but crazy. Christian Gillibrand looks older now than my mom, but this was a long time ago. That's so crazy. That is funny. I'm gonna have to tell her that you said that. <laughs> I'll let you know if she has a positive or negative reaction to that. Uh, so, joining us now, we have a uh, Jamie Kilstein. He is a comedian, and he hosts his own podcast, the Jamie Kilstein Podcast. Um, he is, you know, who we were discussing earlier when I mentioned, you know, I have this friend, and he's been on our shows. He did a podcast with Glenn Beck, and he just gets dogpiled on for daring say that maybe we should be talking to one another. Jamie, what's up? What's up? I was just chugging olive oil like an idiot, and now uh, <laughs> I hear you're not supposed to do that. No. Uh, yeah. There's a way yeah. easier so, way uh, to do that, Jamie. <laughs> well, I, I know that now. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me uh, on. It's good to talk to you again. Yeah, it's good to talk to you. So we had a, a little bit of an interesting experience on, on Twitter, and I kind of I briefed everyone, <laughs> I briefed everyone beforehand. Um, I don't want to put you in an awkward position where you just trash people who I guess you thought were your friends. Um, uh, yeah, but I mean, I, I don't care. I've, I've lost it all. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I feel like me and you needed to like have like a CIA debrief. Like that was so <laughs> weird what happened yesterday. And we just started like DMing on Twitter, uh, being like, what is going on? And then you were like, you have to come on the show and talk about it. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, what triggered it? I mean, you can go into the the details. I'm fine. We don't have to use names. I mean, no one knows who those people are. <laughs> um, but uh, what started it, what's so ironic, what started it is, so me and you became friends. Uh, so I'm still pretty liberal. Yes. Um, you are not. And <laughs> we became friends when I came down to do a Glenn's show and I did your show and I, I just did a bunch of Blaze shows. Um, and I became legitimate friends um with like all of you guys like glenn and i have been emailing every day and like me and you talked yesterday and blah 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 yeah and um so it was nice it was it's really nice to have friends who uh don't agree politically because then we can find out why the other side wants what they want right i think that the 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 biggest thing and and the point i try to make the most on my podcast and me and you had a moment on your tv show with this Mm -hmm. is when you when you realize that 
both sides a lot of times want the same things, right? We want to have uh, good lives. We want to take care of our family. We want to pet the stranger's dog without having to talk to the owner. Like we want like, like just normal things. Um, we just have different ways to, 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 to go about it. Um, then you can actually have dialogue and you can start to see each other as empathetic, complex human beings, right? right. So uh, if, the, if the right or if the left thinks that everyone who voted for Trump is a Nazi, like that's not true. They're not. If the right thinks that everyone on the left is like a stone socialist, they're like, they're kind of right. But like, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so, so I love it. And, and you guys all over there were so kind to me and so funny and open-minded and let me like shout about whatever I wanted. Yesterday, what happened was literally one of the tamest things I've ever said on Twitter. And I would argue a left-wing point where you posted about that ridiculous, um, uh, uh, it was Lawrence O'Donnell, Lawrence O'Donnell right? Yes. Had, yeah, who was trying to make more Russia connections. And by the way, the conservatives, just so you guys know, have far more in common with kind of like the Bernie Sanders uh, left mm-hmm. uh, than like the mainstream sort of like Hillary Clinton, MSNBC left. There are a lot of people, a lot of people on the left that don't get mainstream time who think all the Russia stuff is ridiculous. They do not like Trump, but yeah. they are like, yo, there are plenty of things to go after when it comes to Donald Trump. Right. Uh, there's not like a shortage of material. <laughs> uh, why are we making up this insane conspiratorial uh, Cold War? Uh, it, it's so silly. Um, so you pointed that out and you were like, you know, thank God, like Trump's team, uh, dispatch this. Mm -hmm. And I wrote to you, I didn't write to you like, let's go burn down a Planned Parenthood. (laughs) I wrote, I wrote to you. Uh, I said, this is the stuff that makes liberals look bad. Yes. Um, which is to me a very left wing point, something liberals should take into consideration that I said to my conservative friend. Right. 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 I, I didn't put anyone on blast. I wasn't like hashtag build a wall. Like it was very like, hey, here's something that the left and right can come together on. Yeah. The right obviously doesn't want false accusations and the left doesn't want to look like a bunch of idiots like talking about some Russian nonsense. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I, you oh. know, he so you would think if there's anything that would be objective here. It would be that neither side should want reporting that is not based in fact. A hundred percent. You would think. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like you guys, you guys should also, I mean, that, that, that's the thing with like coming together is we, you know, I said this on, on Glenn's show, but I think it's a really important point where we have, um, we choose partisanship over principles, right? Mm -hmm. So if you were upset about George Bush droning uh, countries in the Middle East, you should also be upset at Barack Obama doing the same thing. You know, yes. when I went on Conan, I, I called out Obama for drone striking innocent people, and I got in so much trouble um, for doing that. If you think Bill Clinton was a creep towards women, you should ask yourself questions about like Donald Trump towards what, right? It's like what you care about. should transcend um, politics. But now we're so divided that, yeah, I mean, to go into, without being preachy, like what you wanted to talk about. uh, Yeah, so I say this to you and suddenly like verified journalist people are treating me like, 
Like, I don't even know. I mean, I went outside, to be honest. I'm like, yo, this guy has a family. I don't know why he's not hanging out with them. Like, I just went and hung out with my girlfriend and, like, got off my phone. Like, I made some joke to you, and then I was like, peace. Um, <laughs> but I also DM'd you to be like, this is what I have to deal with, where I never thought I would get to a point, no offense, where my right-wing friends were far more open-minded and same with on my podcast. I mean, I have mostly conservatives that listen to my podcast, which is nuts to me. Um, but yeah, just the thought, me talking to you was treated like a crime on Twitter. Me talking to you without calling you like a Nazi or a racist or whatever, uh, me agreeing with you on something suddenly sparked this insane debate um, on Twitter and me getting called like a grifter, me getting called like I'm giving a platform for like hate speech. Like, I don't know what was said. You probably do more than I do. Um, Cause like I said, I was like going outside. Um, but it was like, it was a bummer and it was coming from people like the dude who started it. I was like, yo, we've DM'd about depression. Like I've reached out to you to make sure you're like, okay. Like wow. we're just Twitter friends. I'm not saying we've like hung out in real life. I mean, don't get me wrong. I lost all those friends as well. Um, but it was, it was really shocking and like not to pat myself on the back, but, and one of my, uh, one of my friends, another verified again, who's liberal, mm-hmm. um, but jumped in to defend me. Like this dude's hardcore liberal used to be like in the big punk scene. Um, but he was like, if we're getting to a point where we can't talk to people who disagree or you're being kicked out of the cool kids club, um, he's like, I'm out. Um, and that's how I feel too, where, look, if I wanted to be a grifter, um, then I would go full conservative. You know how much money I would make being that guy who's like, I, I used to be a liberal and then I saw my way. Oh my God. I would have my own show on Fox. I could run for president in a couple of years. You'd sell sell a ton of books too. (laughs) Dude, I would sell so many books just being like, I was a feminist. Feminism is dumb. The end. Give me a check. (laughs) Like I would be a bazillionaire. Um, and it's really hard. And you know, uh, Glenn went through it. You, you guys had your network go through it. Like you guys get, you know, crap from the left and from the right. It's a lot harder to be like, hey, we can do this with nuance. We're not going to pander to the lowest common denominator of the left or the right. Um, we're going to attempt to talk to both people. We're going to be decent. We're going to be nice. We're going to call out our side when our side screws up. But that is not a sexy pitch in the time of Trump. Um, if I go to my agent, I'm like, yo, you guys want to back my podcast? It's about nuance. They're going to be like, get out of my office. Who let you in here? Um, they want, people want screaming and yelling right now. Um, and, and, and what happened yesterday was just such a crazy blatant example where, I mean, that was my only response, right? Sarah, I think I said to the guy, I was like, yo, weren't we, like, I felt like I was in high school. Yes. I was like, weren't we friends a week ago? Like, yes. did you get hacked? Like, why are you suddenly screaming at me like I'm not a person? Yes. Um, Or that I said something inflammatory. If, like, I opened up my Twitter and just started typing the N-word, it's like, okay, come after me. That's (laughs) fine. But, like, literally when I just, it was because I engaged with you. With I mean, that was it. Yeah, if I said that line to one of my left-wing friends, it would have been fine. I mean, I had an even crazier example. I forget if I talked about this on your show, but I had a crazier example where um, my friend, another one of my friends, Jason Howerton, who works yes. over there, yes. um, he, he tweeted, 
after the El Paso and Dayton shooting, he tweeted something really heartfelt about like, we got to do something like this is crazy. And I saw conservatives using the words white supremacy. I, uh, like we have to get rid of white supremacy. I saw conservatives saying, you know, like talking about what are reasonable gun um, changes to gun laws we can make, you know, while still defending their second amendment. Right now, mm-hmm. what I'm going to say is going to sound very common sense to all your listeners where all your listeners, and we, we did talk about this part on your show, especially gun owners, are, do not want mass shootings. Right. Like, that's insane. Right. Um, but on the left, we are just fed this line where it's like, they don't care about mass shootings. They'd rather have, like, their pistol to feel like a man. And, like, it, 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 it's like every time there's a mass shooting, we just assume conservatives are, like, laughing it up and being like, woo, Second Amendment, pow, pow, pow. Right. And now that I'm friends with so many conservatives, seeing that in my timeline, seeing the heartache in my timeline, seeing people with kids be like, I don't want this to happen to my kid. It sound, it's going to sound so crazy to you guys. But for the first time, I was like, oh, my God, of course, mm-hmm. of course, they want changes. Of course, this, this makes gun owners look bad. Of course, that, you know, conservatives are going to have the same heartache that liberals have over um, tragedy. So I repost Jason. I retweet Jason mm-hmm. and I go, yo, here's a conservative who wants uh, sensible gun change. Uh, I'm a liberal who wants sensible gun changes. Um, let's talk. Look, look, this is what you want, liberals. The floodgates have opened. This is now our opportunity right. to talk to gun owners and be like, what do we have in common? Yeah, let's talk. Dude, every liberal who responded to me uh was and by the way, I think that guy was one of them. So me and you may have just been like the straw that broke <laughs> the camel's back. Was just like was like, well, then why do you vote for Trump? Why does he work for the Blaze? Yeah. And it's like at that point, it makes me feel like there is a section of liberals on Twitter, not in real life. In real life, liberals weren't offended by Chappelle. Like Twitter is like a different world. But these people on Twitter, where I'm like you're worse than the conservatives you agree with because at least they're standing for something. So my thought is if I'm going to on my podcast on Twitter, if I'm going to try to show conservatives, my point of view, isn't that good for liberals? Right. Uh, isn't it good to come together where I'm like, if you just want to be like the cool kid who's like, I listened to Radiohead before they were popular. That's how I feel like it is with politics yeah. where they're like, I just want to be like the cool kid who craps all over Republicans. And it's like, well, then you don't actually care about principles if we can actually change people's minds to believe what you believe. You just want to be like a dork on the Internet. Right. So uh, we've only got a couple more minutes left before we have to go to break. But I I do want to hear from you. It sounds like you also have the experience that um, conservatives are much easier to engage in respectful dialogue with. Um, why do you think that is? Why is it that liberals are so vitriolic when it comes to having a conversation with the other side? I think it's twofold. The, the easy answer would just be like, we're idiots. All you guys listen to my podcast, Jamie Hilton podcast. I think, but the, I think it's more complicated. I think that the lines that we are fed make you guys sound like such monsters. Yeah. That like if somebody if somebody told you that there was a teacher at your kid's school who hated Muslims, hated women, hated black people, was doing everything in their power to like 
to stop this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to, uh, to, to start wars for no reason, <laughs> to uh, uh, take all their money so that poor people will starve. Um, that does, that's not a good look. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, I don't want that teacher, right? Give me like the hippie who's going to take them outside <laughs> to read like Kerouac. Um, that's what we think. That's yeah. what we're fed. And that's why this dialogue is so important. Because when me and you had that moment on, your show when we were like, neither of us want kids in cages. Of course not. We just both have different strategies, but like liberals think you guys are just like, ha, screw those kids. Like that's what the dad gets for like breaking the law. Their kids are going to get punished. It's like, no dude, like conservatives just like don't trust the government. By the way, I don't trust the government. Mm -hmm. Um, By the way, like I don't think there's a liberal media, but I totally think there's such thing as fake news. And I think that, all the corporate media, CNN, MSNBC, Fox are profit driven um, and will will walk all over liberals like Bernie Sanders and will walk all over Trump. Yeah. Um, there are so many things we agree on. Um, and that and now that I've had conservatives on my show, I mean, Matt, I had David Frum on my show who was one of the you know main guys uh, of the Iraq war in the Bush administration. And I had him on my show after he saw me do a rant in person just decimating the Iraq war and he didn't care because we had an actual conversation about it. But man, me three years ago, like he used to have me blocked on Twitter because I'm just like, you're a war criminal. (sighs) Um, So, but I, I mean, I think our friendship, uh, you know, says a lot. I think it can, it it can happen. I think it's really important that it happens. It is. It is. Jamie, thank you so much for being with us really quickly because we got to go tell everyone where they can find you. Yes, Twitter, at Jamie Kilstein, Instagram, the Jamie Kilstein, Facebook, somewhere. I hate Facebook. Uh, but the podcast podcast is jamiekilsteinpodcast.com. It's free on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify, and then all the links are at that website. Awesome. Jamie, thank you for being, uh, you know, a, a level head in this day and age. We appreciate it. You too, guys. Bye. Bye. Welcome back to uh, hour two of the Steve Dace show. I am, of course, not Steve Dace. I'm Sarah Gonzalez. Uh, filling in for Steve Dace with my good buddy, Jason Buttrell. That's Hello, right. Jason. How That's are right. you? Yeah, I'm doing great, Sarah. Thank you. Oh, you need to work on that voice. I do. That's not a good... I've got a good Ron Burgundy, but I'm saving for one day. I might break it out one day BS. during the four-minute buzz. BS. I might. If I ever oh, have to, because you're reading prompter then. If I Yeah, right. If I ever have to fill in for the lovely Hillary Kennedy again, I was, I was sitting there, I was like, this would be the perfect opportunity to just go full on Ron Burgundy. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully no one else in the control room will go full on Ron Burgundy or Anchorman on you and make you read something that's going to get you in trouble later. <laughs> uh, if you want to reach out to us, if you are watching the show, you can reach out to me on Twitter at Sarah Gonzalez TX and Jason at Jason Buttrell. Also, I would just like to take this opportunity, since I'm here at the mic right now, to tell you if you have not subscribed to my YouTube yet, it's called Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered. Uh, you know, I host the news and why it matters here on Blaze TV. And I try to moderate. I got to keep the guys in line so much so that sometimes I just got to get my own stuff out. And this is where I do it. So uh, you can find all of my videos there on YouTube. Again, it's totally free. Just go on YouTube and search for Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered and hit that little subscribe button. Um, so, Jason, just to wrap up, 
the conversation with with Jamie. I think it's it's just it's such an interesting time because when I look at even my own evolution, a lot of people I think don't know a lot of our new uh, our new listeners, new audience don't even realize that in 2016, I was not for Trump. You were not either. No. I was not for Trump. I wrote, I was working as a, you know, on theblaze.com as a reporter. Um, I would write editorial pieces that I very clearly was not for Trump. I didn't even vote for the guy. And we've reached this point in time where, you know, I, I just I noticed after Trump got elected because I would say something that was a conservative principle, you know, because I might say, uh, actually, I don't think it's right for us to be killing babies up until the point of birth. I don't like that. I don't think it should happen. All of a sudden, I would get called all of these names on the Internet and they would say, "Okay, you Trump card, you know, and all of these ridiculous nicknames that they give you. And I'm like, how do you? How do you even know? How do you know that that's who I am? You don't know that that's who I am. But this Trump derangement syndrome has gotten so awful. I can't even I can't speak any conservative values without getting labeled, uh, you know, something negative having to do with Trump. And it's gotten so bad, you know, that as as Jamie was talking about. No one, not even people on their own side can come out and say, hey, guys, can we just have like a calm conversation? Could we just maybe talk to each other? Could we do that? And we can't even do that on our side anymore. Yeah. On, on the right. If if you, like, I've, a lot of the people that I'll engage with or interact with, like on Twitter or social media, most of the people that follow me are pretty much of the same mind, I think, as me. Mm-hmm. But some of them aren't. aren't. Uh, we disagree on some things. For one, if I criticize something the president does, many of them will either click unfollow or come after me for it. Yeah. And I'm like, I... We should not be for anyone in Washington, D.C. I am not for people. I am not for Trump. I am not for Ted Cruz. I am not for... I, I'm just not for a person. Yeah. I am for what they represent. Now, if, if they represent all of the values, and people make fun of that, but you've got to have values. Right. Like the famous country song was, if, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Yeah. And you can't stand for a person, unless it's your family member or something like that, Completely unequivocally. Yeah. You can't just because, you know, they're on, you know, your perceived side at the time, regardless of what they stand for or what they say they're going to do or whatever. You're like, well, you know, that's my guy. Right. We can never be a nation that's like a that's my guy type nation. Yeah. That that, that, that is not what America. You shouldn't about. be a fan. Right. You shouldn't be a fan of any politician. No. What they stand for? Right. Yes, you can be a fan of that. Right, right. But um, not but, the person. Right. And and that's why I was not, I, I was definitely not a Trump guy in, in the beginning. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm a, uh, I wouldn't say that I'm a Trump guy now. I, there's, there, I've been, I've been, a, I've been a fan of some things he's done, mm-hmm. like uh, deregulation. Mm-hmm. Big fan of that. Mm-hmm. Good job, president. Um, well, that, that's, that's the point that I, that I want to get to here is that. I was not a fan of him. We had no experience, right? He had no experience. We had no records. Uh, Politically, what we did have was a long history of him voting Democrat, throwing a lot of money, uh, you know, towards Democrats' campaigns. He was on the record as being pro-choice. 
So, I mean, that was all of the history that we had to go on when it came to to President Trump. And I was not comfortable with that at that point in time. But looking at what's gone on since, you've got, like you said, a lot of the deregulation. You've got, um, you know, uh, Jerusalem. Tax cuts. Tax cuts. I mean, let's be honest. They were meh tax cuts. But they were better than nothing. They were better than nothing. He has um, taken the actions that he can do on the border wall. Now I realize a lot of that needs to come from Congress. Um, but he's doing, you know, he just ended the, uh, he tweaked the Flores agreement to try to curb them bringing children there at all. Right. He has done so many of the things that he said that he was going to do, including tariffs, which I still don't like, but he is, he did say, I mean, it was, it is what he campaigned on. Um, now whether or not that's going to work out for him, I don't know. But what I can tell you is he has done so much good while the left has continued to just pummel anyone who dares actually say he's done a lot of good things. I mean, no, I'm not talking about what he says on Twitter. I'm talking about his policies. I'm talking about his actions. Yeah, he's done a lot of good things. And you're not allowed to say that now. And that is why I'm just like, I'm to the point where I didn't even like the guy. I still don't like the guy personally. I don't like him personally. I don't like his character. I don't like the way that he goes off on Twitter. And I will be going to the polls, rain or shine, to vote for him because the left is so unhinged. I'm terrified of the other side. And I feel like there are probably a lot of Americans who are in that boat. Oh, absolutely. Um, But I don't know if that's healthy, though. I will say that. I mean, I if you if, maybe not, but I mean, it's like what what is the alternative? And that's a very good question. So, if there was an alternative that where I will be at, so as it is right now, I will vote for Donald Trump uh, for president. Mm-hmm. Now, if someone else enters the race that has values and principles that go more along the lines of how I believe, I will vote for them. I don't give a crap if they've got a shot in hell of winning or not. But if they if they are closer in line of what how I think the country should be ran. You know, as per the Constitution, as per conservative, you know, you know, fiscal conservative, uh, conservatism, everything, I will vote for them. That see, that was me in 2016. That's not me anymore. I can't I can't do it. I can't do it because in 2016, as as hateful and as divisive as it was, I still felt like we could talk to each other. And I still felt like I wasn't demonized for daring be a conservative. And I, I just, I, I can't do it anymore. I can't do it. I I know the other person is not going to, I know an independent is not going to win. And I just can't stand, valid argument. I just can't stand the thought of, I mean, let's, let's put it this way. In 2016, you had Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump. Um, again, Donald Trump had no record to, to, you know, to tout when it came to politics. So it was just like, this, these are two really crappy, crappy, crappy choices. But now that Donald Trump has been in office, I don't, I'm not as terrified of him as I was. I'm not as terrified because when it comes down to it, yeah, he's going to talk a big game on Twitter and then he's not going to go and, you know, do anything drastic like that. I, so uh, as, a, as opposed to the other side who are basically admitted socialists and everyone's fine and dandy with that. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, Okay, we've got to pump the brakes. Enough is enough. I'm tired of the left-wing media perpetuating this narrative that because I'm a conservative, I'm racist. 
all conservatives are racist. All racists are conservative. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. You're not allowed to critically think about that. That is the way it is. I'm going to drop a very large bomb right now. Uh Uh-oh. We have put way too much emphasis on who the president of the United States is. That's a great point. Um, This is a fact. The president of the United States is the weakest leader Mm -hmm. in the entire world. Mm -hmm. He has the least amount of power. He's in control of the most powerful nation in the in the world, but he's comparatively speaking, right. he has the least power. Now, I think we fall into the trap of thinking like a European or something like that, where the president or the prime minister has a lot more power and can influence, you know, like laws and all right. that a little bit more. But literally, like, what's what's going to happen if if uh, a Bernie Sanders uh, is becomes president? If a Bernie literally, Sanders if a Bernie Sanders becomes president and the Democrats take over the Senate, uh, because, that's a different because question. That right. That's so, but question. that's my point is <laughs> that's when it gets scary. we have to have a president who is willing to veto Medicare for all and open borders and yeah. all of these other things. You know, de- oh, sorry, I didn't mean to say open borders. I meant to say decriminalizing going across the border, <laughs> which is the same thing. But that's not what they're calling it, right? They're calling it decriminalizing. I mean, we have to have a president who is willing to veto these things. And Donald Trump is the only one out of all of them who are running who would do that right now. I I do not believe for a second there is one Democratic presidential candidate who would be willing to veto any of those policies. I am am very scared at how, let's say, I don't think that this, I don't think Democrats can take the Senate in the next election. Um, they will gain some ground, but I don't think they can take it. Yeah. Now, I'm. You, I would even be nervous if a Democrat wins president and they win the Senate because there is a very high possibility that they'll start using the nuclear option. Yeah. And that supermajority that they would need, mm-hmm. you know, to get certain things done, mm-hmm. they might just throw that out the window. Mm-hmm. So, like, literally, some of these crazy things, you know, like Green New Deal stuff, like that. If they start shoving this through, it'll, it'll go to the House. Mm-hmm. Then it hits the Senate. And then we before in the past, the way politics worked, we were like, okay, well, they don't have a supermajority. Even if they had all three, you know, all three um, House, Senate, and Executive, we would, we would still go, okay, well, they don't have the supermajority. But that's literally polite politics in the Senate because they're f- scared of what the other side might do when they take power. Mm-hmm. So it was like the, emer- uh, the National Emergency Declaration. I was against that. I, I was I was pretty I think vocal at the time and saying yes I do think it's a national emergency right but don't declare but don't it as do one. that because it sets a bad precedent because of the pres- mm-hmm. precedent we're got well, the gun control stuff is going off the chain right now it's out of control um, they could very well I, you could easily see them say look this is a national emergency yeah assault weapons ban yes the precedent is set because that worked out so well the first time right but they don't care you know they're just it's pan it's pander bear time yeah. that's what they're, that's what they're looking for climate change there you we know they think it's a actually i don't actually think they think it's a national emergency i think again it's more it's a, it's, a, it's a power control thing but they're talking like it and try to whip people up into saying that it's a national emergency yeah they'll just declare it a national emergency right carbon tax because right. it's a national emergency jason you seem to be arguing my whole point for me Yet you don't come to the same conclusion that I do. So you, there will be someone on Twitter that will say, um, if your values and principles are that important, don't your values and principles say that we should vote for him because it's the good of the, ne- of the whole country? These, these yes. are debates that are yes. very valid. Yes. They are very valid. But- well, and I don't, I mean, God bless Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I wish her nothing but good health. But I mean, who knows what's going to happen when this, with the Supreme Court? Right. But again, I, th- I still think that's an overblown. I think that's been blown out of proportion as well. Like the left fell into this trap. They raised holy hellfire 
when uh, we got two judges appointed during this administration. What's happened since then? Oh, my gosh. They're so milquetoast. It's not even funny. Gorsuch has even crossed the line and voted with uh, the liberals on the, the liberal appointed judges. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, he, he's voted for them. And, and Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh sided with Planned Parenthood. Which is hilarious <laughs> because they thought his arrival meant the we're end of gonna, Roe v. Wade. We're, women are going to die in the streets if Kavanaugh gets elected. They're, we're going to get mass murdered. It's going to be terrible. Oh, wait. No, so that didn't happen. So ridiculous. I mean, is it possible that maybe the Supreme Court's functioning like it's supposed to? Like more impartial than not? Is that possible at all? Because that's the way it seems right now. Well, uh, maybe, but not John Roberts. Don't even get me started oh on John gosh. Roberts. Oh my gosh. Don't even get me started on Obamacare? Yes. Oh my gosh. That I don't know what that was. I don't even, that wasn't the even. backroom deal. Yeah, it wasn't even partisan. No, it was literally just whatever they thought would be popular Mm -hmm. at the time. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Jason, here in a minute, I want you to uh, get into the Ilan Omar scandal. I love it. I love it. Stand by. Uh, But first, I want to tell you guys about Ridiazone. Love Ridiazone. Take it every day to maintain my weight loss. Um, You know, our, uh, our brains are wired for survival to tell our bodies that we need more calories, no matter how much we eat. Did you know that? I bet you didn't know that. Um, You know, your body does produce a molecule called OEA, and it's supposed to send a signal to your brain that you're full, so you stop cramming your face. But most people in America and across the world don't produce enough OEA for you to actually get that signal. So you always feel hungry, you're going to the pantry, you're going to the fridge, you're like, I just ate dinner, I don't know why I keep eating, but I do. Um, So if you are, like most Americans, and that happens to you, you gain weight, you can't seem to keep it off, you lose it, then you gain it again because you can't control the cravings, you got to try Ridiazone. I know as a former fat chick, okay, Ridiazone (laughs) works, it's hard to maintain. Let me just tell you what Ridiazone has done for me has been to help me with my food cravings so I'm not constantly like, oh my God, that person just had cake at this restaurant. It looks so good. I need to have some right now. I'm like, you know what? I'm full. I'm full. I don't want to eat anymore. I am full. I don't even think about it. And it boosts your metabolism. Uh, it's the same molecule that's found in olive oil, which you guys know the health benefits of that. That is the, metab- the metabolite, OEA. It's the same thing that's in Ridiazone. Um, to order it, you've got to go to Ridiazone.com. Use promo code Steve and get 30% off of a three-month supply. That is R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E.com with promo code Steve to get you your 30% off a three-month supply. Uh, Jason. Yes. So you have been in the position of researching Ilan Omar for Glenn for his TV show. I know you guys have done a couple chalkboards about it. Yeah. Um. But it just keeps getting better and better and better. I mean, if you like the entertainment. So the newest, uh, the newest word out is that Ilan Omar's supposed boyfriend mm-hmm. is actually really the real, for reals, boyfriend. Um, which will now be, uh, gosh, Ilan, don't get married again. She's a the, that. She's a little floozy. Can I say that? <laughs> I hope so. I no, just no, did. No. She's modest. She that's why right. She has she, the, the hijab, hijab right? The hijab for stands for all of these values, like Breaking marrying up families, <laughs> marrying. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> turns out you did want to separate families, didn't you, Elon? <laughs> yeah. um, that like just really quickly because I feel like we need a flow chart for this. <laughs> yeah. She married a man 
here, had a child with that man, divorced that man to marry someone who immigrated over here who is allegedly her brother. Yeah. Then divorced him to marry the first guy again. Yeah. Then I'm lost. Well, yeah, and it's you can get even even more in the weeds because the first marriage was only like a faith marriage. Right, and that's then, true. It wasn't legal. Right, and some weird stuff. And then she used campaign finance funds to try and get divorced from one of the marriages. So she got hit with that. A lot of this stuff did not get national news attention, Mm-mm. which is absolutely insane. Um, but it came out, I think, maybe two, three weeks ago, that she was caught at a restaurant in, close to Los Angeles with this, uh, he's, like a, he's like a Democrat political strategist. Yeah, strategist, yeah. And uh, his name is Tim Minette. And the Daily Mail had this uh, had this news, which is That's really sad. Weird. We got to get our news on political scandals from the Daily Mail. Yeah, I don't know what dog in the fight they have for this, but basically, they, you know, you know how the Daily Mail is. Anything <laughs> salacious or yeah. something like that having to do with anyone that's like UFOs famous. found in Las Vegas. Yeah, or more at ten. And then and then more like like if someone's like if there's a model or an actress that gets caught doing something risque, yeah. you know, they'll do a story on it. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of cool if there's actually like a news story because you you read Daily Mail. Like if you know, like you, you're reading the article, but on the right side of it is all like the yes. pictures of like hot chicks. Yeah, there's Kim Kardashian and, on the beach. <laughs> yeah, right. Click here to see her super sexy bikini pics. So you're at work. If you're at work, go to like an actual serious article of theirs, and then just pretend to scroll through it, and then just like read, uh, look at the pictures, and read the little. Oh my on the gosh! Side. Here we go with Jason. It's perfect. Never fails. We always get to somehow hot chicks. <laughs> um, so this Tim Minette guy, he uh, so is now confirmed that he he he's married, has a kid with another woman. They live in Washington D.C. and uh, it was rumored that they were together, but we didn't quite know for sure. It was room, what we call in the military, rumor, rumor intelligence. Mm. Um, but now his wife has now <laughs> so filed for good. divorce. Oh, I love it. She has filed for divorce and basically says that Omar is exactly the reason why they're getting divorced because <laughs> of, of, of their affair. Um, and she credits their extensive travel together for um, for the, the you know for when this budding relationship mm-hmm. you know began. And good for her, it's it's it, it's it's true. It, we were looking through the FEC records when I was looking at this for Glenn. And I just wanted to know, I didn't really care that they were in a relationship. Mm-hmm. I just want to know who the heck this dude was. Mm-hmm. I don't think, and I still don't think the relationship is the story. I think yeah. it has something else to do. I'm not exactly sure what it is. We're still looking. But something is weird going on with what Tim Minette and his E Street group is doing with Ilan Omar mm-hmm. and her campaign. I looked through their uh, FEC records. And... You can go, I think it's FEC.gov. Go to FEC.gov, uh, type in Ilian Omar, and it'll show everything of all of her, everything, everybody she's paid and all the contributions she's received. No one's going to do that, Jason. They just want to hear you tell Yeah, them. <laughs> this is easier. Trust <laughs> me, this is no a whole lot easier. Come on, you got to type in the stuff on the computer, yeah, and I problems. just want to listen to a talking head tell me. So this is absolutely insane. So Omar's campaign pays Tim Minette's, uh, Tim Minette multiple five-figure payments Per month, multiple per month. I was looking at just February alone uh, of this year. She paid him. I'm in the wrong line of work. Twelve thousand dollars on the seventh, fifteen thousand on the nineteenth, twenty four thousand on the twenty first. 
I mean, and it's, it's it's so vague. It includes everything from like consulting, quote unquote. Mm. To oh, that's what they're expenses. doing in bed. Consulting. Consulting. Yeah. Okay, that's what we're calling it now, guys. <laughs> Heavy consulting. <laughs> Very long meetings yeah. of consulting. <laughs> Steamy consulting. Um, um, but who, really, who the heck is this guy that she's given so much money to? So I was like, you know what? Maybe this is how much money a freshman congressman spends or gives to a political consultant uh, in their first congresswoman, year. Congresswoman, thank you. Congresswoman. You patriarchy. He, he, she, her. Ugh. Um, so Misogynist. I was, like, I was like, you know what? What the heck? I've got a man crush on Dan, Dan Crenshaw. Let's see how much, uh, what his FEC records look like for this year. So I went to, oh, over there and I didn't see one uh, five figure, I'm sorry, uh, was it five? Yeah, I didn't see one five figure payment in his entire record for the year or last year. Not one. Huh. He hasn't spent more than $1,600 for a single payment this entire year. $1,600. Now, wow. she's again, she's spending multiple five-figure payments, 10, 10, 12, mm-hmm. 16, a month to this guy. Something is so strange fishy. going on it's here. It's so fishy. Something very strange. And Do we have time? Yeah. We, so I, I was like, well, who the heck is this dude? So I kept looking. And so you know how um, Ilhan Omar took the seat from Keith Ellison. Yes. Keith Ellison stepped down. <laughs> she went right in. Um, they're like two peas in a pod. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just like Jenny and Forrest from Forrest Gump. <laughs> um, oh, peas and carrots. They're just like peas and carrots. Um, Ellison also employed this guy. Now, I'm just assuming that that's... Did they have the same steamy consulting <laughs> meetings? Possibly. <laughs> uh, I don't know what was going on, but there were a lot of those consulting meetings taking place. <laughs> Again, exactly the same as um, as what the FEC records look for Omar. Mm-hmm. They look the same for Ellison. Ellison didn't spend all that amount of money on anybody else, but for Tim Minette, this guy, he did. Just mm. for this guy. Mm. Over 174000 was paid to this guy from Keith Ellison just in 2018. Wow. Absolutely nuts. And his FEC filings look almost exactly identical to Ilhan Omar's with $9,000 and up payments, sometimes multiple a month, every month. Something strange is going on here. It's incredible. I don't know what, I, I if I can speculate, <clears throat> I don't even know if I should speculate. I mean, come on, speculate away. I, 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 I don't. I, it's it's hard to it's hard to speculate, but I mean I know that uh, Tim Minette was called was named by the DNC as someone who could relate well to the Muslim community. That makes perfect sense for why Ellison and Omar mm-hmm. would both uh, work with him. But I don't know is he is he getting paid all these these huge amounts of cash for something that he's doing within the uh, Muslim community? I, I don't know. I. I it's, it looks very, very illegal to me, and especially now that it's confirmed that, and this was from the, the Daily Caller uh, reported this, uh, I think, yesterday, that some of these uh, five-figure payments, uh, I think it was one was paid, uh, one of these payments in April was for $21,547 for travel. This was the same time he was traveling with Omar. Right. They're also in a sexual relationship, allegedly. I mean, at the same time, if the wife, okay, allegedly, yes, allegedly, whatever, the wife put it in the divorce filing. Like that's, that would be pretty bold if that wasn't true. Yeah. Because she didn't just say, oh, I caught him and now I kicked him out. What she said was, oh, I caught him and I actually told him, you know what? That's fine. I want to work on the marriage still. And he said, no, I'm in love with, with my girl Ilan over here. 
and I'm going to peace out. I don't want to be in a marriage with you. Yeah. I mean, that would be pretty hard to just make up yeah. that it was her if there was not some truth to it. But yes. Okay. Allegedly. I agree. And she's uh, keep in mind, she's already been caught with misusing campaign finance uh, money to deal with her personal relationships. That's exactly what she got in trouble with. She took campaign uh, 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 funds and used it to pay for uh, her divorce for the for her divorce uh, 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 expenses. Yeah, is it too much of a stretch that she's doing the exact same thing now, only to fund these romps? Oh, I'm sorry, this consulting sessions. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, girl needs to keep her pants on, first of all. all right. What a player. But second of all, it's just incredible. If you are a member of the left, you seem to be able to get away with doing whatever the hell you want with no repercussions. Because let's not forget and bring back into the conversation that she very well could have been a part of immigration fraud, too. I mean, she is so closely tied, and I hate to sound like Lawrence O'Donnell. Okay, I'm not going to sound like Lawrence O'Donnell because we actually have verification that they're, you know, she's tied to all of these really strange things. At what point do we actually get someone to do a real investigation and do real digging? And if she is guilty of all these things, actually give her consequences. I'm convinced that they'll never happen. Well, I mean, one of the big problems is that when she was doing a lot of this stuff, is it the Minnesota or no, it's the Star Tribune there and yes. uh, wherever that's at over Minnesota? Minneapolis. Uh, Minneapolis, yeah. They um they didn't report on any of this stuff. Right. They didn't do a thing. And they uh and, and actually there there's actually there's um communications from Omar, Omar's camp, I think it was an email, where it actually says, um, let's just k- try to kill this story and reach out to them like what we do with uh, the Star Tribune. So they have a relationship with Star Tribune. Star Tribune is is apparently letting a lot of stuff go. Um, just because it's not convenient to whatever their ideology is. And right. literally, that is pretty much the media today in a nutshell. It really is. Whatever's convenient to you, if it, if it doesn't fit whatever you're pushing, you're just not going to report on it. Yeah. Just not going to do it. How the heck does, uh, you know, a researcher at the blaze have time to go through FEC records? That's what kills me. And then that's what kills me. And look at all these payments. But I haven't seen that anywhere else. That's what kills me. And what else kills me is that we are the ones who get labeled as biased. We are the ones who get labeled as some sort of like, oh, we just peddle these right wing conspiracy theories. No, we have people like Jason going in and spending hours upon hours upon hours actually reading this crap. (laughs) in order to find out what the truth really is. It's not our fault that everyone else is just too lazy to actually do their homework or and or they just don't want. I mean, they don't want to uncover it. Right. Omar's their girl. CNN loves Omar because they get to use her to call Donald Trump, uh, you know, xenophobic and anti-Muslim. So they love her. Why would they want to discredit her? Oh, and now all of a sudden, because we're the only ones who are actually taking the time well, I say we, I mean Jason, because Jason is over here taking the time to break these stories. Somehow we're the ones who get discredited. It's unfreaking believable to me. So in conclusion, Sarah, I need a race. <laughs> that is probably, I'm well, I can't, I don't know. I can't, you got to talk to the boss on that one. I don't know. But what I can tell you is I, I've seen very few people who work harder um, at their job when it comes to actually reading things. You know, we talked about the Mueller report earlier. Jeez, like what a beating that was to read. Remember, we actually printed out 
the stack, like we printed out the report and I think it was this high. I mean, it came up to my face and I was like, here you go, Jason, have fun. That was rough. And yeah, I, I, I think everyone should read it really. I mean, everyone should read it. So you know how to combat some of this stupid bull crap coming out now well let's be real no one no one's gonna read it no one's gonna read it but that's why we have you yeah so thank you i'm telling you're subordinate you're in the higher seat right now so you can grant that raise Gosh, you guys would not believe the off-air conversations that Jason and I are having about his time in the military. Uh, welcome back. I am Sarah Gonzalez here with Jason Buttrell, who is five followers short of hitting 10,000 followers on Twitter. If you haven't followed him yet, you got to help us get him there. This is legit, and it feels like a weird milestone. I've been watching it for like... Isn't it, okay, that's really sad, isn't it? I know, it? right? It's I know. really sad. It says something about society It really general. does. <laughs> Don't even get me started on that. I like totally didn't care, but then I was like, you'd, you'd, you'd get to like nine, eight, I'd get to like 9,980. I'm like, oh, I'm still going to get there. You check back again in 10 minutes, and then it, it's like, wait a minute, it dropped down to... It dropped down two points. Yeah. That I criticized President, President Trump. President Trump. That's usually what it is. That's usually what it is. It's because I'll like, I'll, I'll tweet something that's very, very, you know, I don't know, very nice, you know, about the president. Like, hey, good job for that. I totally agree with that. And then I'll get like 12 followers. And then I'll be like, the next day, I'll be like, oh, why did he do that? Why is he not cutting spending? And they're like, oh, I thought you were on my right. team. And then I'll lose 20. Never mind. <laughs> well, you guys know who Jason Buttrell is, and you're not going to be surprised by anything he has to say. So you got to go follow him uh, on Twitter. It's at Jason Buttrell. What is it? Two T's and two R's and Buttrell? Yeah. Oh, dude, right when you said that, two more followers. Cha-ching. You're welcome, right. Jason. So you Christian, love you, buddy. Later. Christian, TCU graduate. You are awesome. That, it's, it's Christian in here. Wait, is that who it was? It's Christian. Oh, right there. Man. Oh. <laughs> well, hey, I still love you. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, he, Jason says, Christian, TCU graduate. And Christian's over here in the control room, like, yes, I went to TCU. <laughs> Here's my sign. Okay, well, Mike, I don't know. I, I don't know if Mike is in the control. Is Mike in the control room? There is a Mike in the control room, but I don't think it's him. Mike, love you, buddy. Thanks no, for the it's call. not him. <laughs> uh, okay, so help us get Jason there. Uh, <clears throat> want to thank uh, our sponsor this half hour, Relief Factor. What? Nailed you got it. there? 10K. We got him Nailed there. It. Hey. Thanks. Hey. Yo. Hey. Yes. I feel like we should have had a cake ready for you, I Jason. Know, right? Just brought out your <laughs> congratulations cake. Please quiet. Uh, so Relief Factor is um, it's it's there for the millions of Americans, like probably a lot of you, who you just live in constant pain. And you just think, this is life. You know, maybe you're getting older or you're like me and you were in a car accident or some sort of accident where, you know, you just, it damaged you and it's, you feel like it's irreparable or you're like, Jason, you were in the military. It does terrible things to your joints and your knees and you just hurt. Um, I I always like to say, Jason, um, I feel like, you know, you, when you reach the point, you reach the age where you just wake up and roll out of bed and you're like, ah, I pulled a muscle. Yeah. What'd you do? I woke up yeah. and rolled out of bed and somehow managed to hurt myself. Um, there are all of these aches and pains that we all have and we just go through life thinking that that's the way that it's going to be. Or we try prescription drugs and those don't work. Or we try acupuncture and that doesn't work. Nothing works 
or you're trying big pharma and it's really expensive. It can get really expensive and have really bad side effects. Please consider trying Relief Factor. Relief Factor is 100% drug free. It's four key natural ingredients that target the inflammation in your body, which most of the time that's the cause of your pain. You don't realize it. It's just everything is inflamed. Once you get that under control, the pain goes away. It has for me. It's done numbers uh, on my my back. It, my back was just a mess. I just I was like you. I walked around in constant pain. I don't anymore thanks to Relief Factor. You can get their three week Quick Start Pack now. For $19.95, 70% of the people who try that, they keep going on to order more. It's working for the majority of people. It can work for you. Relieffactor.com or you can call 800-500-8384. Before we get into the conversation. Dude. What? There's like over 35 people since you said that have followed me on Twitter. Okay. Well, hello. Do you guys follow me too? Because hold on a second. Don't give Jason all the attention here. Okay. Sarah, at Sarah Gonzalez TX, please. Okay. Just would like to point that out. This audience is, is You don't awesome. want to give him a big you. head. I love you. Know, you. That's the last thing you want to do is give him a big head. Please. <laughs> um, before we, uh, we I want to talk about birthright citizenship and <gasps> hashtag Trump hates military families. It's a hashtag on Twitter, so it must be true. So uh, Mark in the control room, he heard what Jason said about Kirsten Gillibrand and my mom. <laughs> and he decided that he would do a side-by-side comparison. So those of you watching on Blaze TV, oh, it's uncanny. let us know what you think. It's absolutely uncanny. There's, They've got the blonde... The, Gosh, it really is the same blonde hair, same length, same color eyes, very similar noses. How did you guys even find it? It's just, the shirt is the same color. Keep that up there so I can. I'll take a picture of it and tweet it. Ha, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tweet for it for those, those who can't uh, who can't see. All right. Oh my just gosh! About to tweet this out. That's crazy. Ah. <laughs> uh, Thanks a lot, Mark. I don't know if my mom is going to find that to be a, a good thing or a bad thing. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to ask her. But I would like to state for the record: I always think that my mother is the most gorgeous thing and way prettier than Kirsten Gillibrand. But I also understand what you mean. Oh, she is way that. prettier. Totally way prettier. But there's a lightness. Yeah, I think okay. Is the best way to okay. Put it. When she was younger, she had hair that was really short <laughs> and short and blonde, and it was at the time when Anne Heche was popular. And also had the short hair. And so all the time she would get Anne Heche. <laughs> but now with that hair, yeah, okay, whatever. I can see it. All right, I'm tweeting it out now. For, for all of you that, that aren't watching the, the TV broadcast, you can see what I'm talking about. Um, I would just like to, to point out, Jason, before we move on, that Ken has tweeted and said, holy crap, Jason, I'm not trying to rain on your happiness of reaching 10K followers, but Sarah Gonzalez is smoking you in followers. I bet she is. Boom. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, hot chick, old, <laughs> broken down dude. I think, yeah, I see what's going on here. So you're telling me that I people aren't fail. following, only following me for my looks, <laughs> not for my intelligence. It's a bonus. Thanks a lot, a you bonus. misogynistic, <laughs> sexist pig. Like, I, I know your husband personally. I know that he thinks that you're very smart. Being hot also has bonuses to that. <laughs> it does. It's it true. Do, it does help. Uh, it is really funny. Um, sometimes on my videos that I do on YouTube at Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered, go subscribe now. Uh, sometimes when I do those videos, the, the 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 insults, the comments that people give are so funny because they're like, I agree with what you're saying, but your teeth are too white. And I'm like, right, <laughs> right. Sorry about Finally that. Finally, someone else said it. <laughs> Be like, you and your stupid white teeth. <laughs> 
thing. That's idiotic. No one's teeth are that white. Or they'll be like, um, I agree with what you're saying, but I just don't like your voice. I'm like, okay. And then my favorite is... Uh, that's just kind of mean. I know. Is I'm like, well, that's the voice God gave me, so sorry. Um, or I, I agree with what you're saying. Uh, or no, 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 I'm sorry. Oh, okay, whatever, conserve a Barbie. I'm like, thank you. I appreciate that. Like, I, I think that's kind of nice. I'm sorry if you meant to insult me, but thank you. Uh, so anyway, Jason, obviously Trump hates military families. Oh my gosh. We were just talking about how the media makes this crap up so that it goes along a certain you know, narrative or whatever. They don't bother into looking into it. They don't bother into like really researching. They just want it to go along a certain line, uh, a certain line, and they want to like whip up a big frenzy. Mm-hmm. So this was this was going this was trending all over Twitter today. What was it, it still is hashtag, hashtag Trump hates military families. Hashtag Trump hates military families, and it goes off of Pretty this bold. story. I don't know if CNN was the first to publish it like this, but it's now been like we said before, aggregated all over mm-hmm. to hell and back. But this is the title. Citizenship will no longer be automatic for children of some U.S. military members living overseas. So basically, um, the Trump administration is doing a policy to where if you don't read it correctly and if you don't read it in full, it sounds like that if you're in the military and you're stationed overseas and you have a child uh, that, uh, that you're, and, and you're a U.S. citizen, that, you're, that your baby will not be automatically given citizenship. That they'll have to, that you'll have to apply for them, and that they'll actually have to like take a you know an oath of citizenship or whatever whenever they're old enough to do that. Mm-hmm. Now, like everyone else, probably I saw this article and I was livid. Right. I should have known better because I saw it first on CNN. Should have known better. That was my <laughs> That's first your first mistake. <laughs> but then uh, a, f- a friend of mine sent me a military.com story that uh, I read, and it basically said the exact same thing. Now, for anyone that is at military.com listening right now. I don't think that was your fault because that was a syndicated article that military.com like republished basically, but it didn't say in full all the details. It made it sound like this was happening. Yeah. Now I did a little bit more research. I went to militarytimes.com and they had a better write up on it. So basically this is not the whole truth. Now this does, this is true. If let's say you're not a U.S. citizen you have a baby while you're stationed in Germany. Just say that. Okay. And you're not a U.S. citizen. Well, before, your child would just be granted citizenship. Now they're saying that's not the case. If, you, if you're not a citizen, if you're serving in the military but not a citizen, they'll have to apply for citizenship. Mm-hmm. Now, if you are a U.S. citizen, this does not apply. If you are a U.S. citizen, you have a baby overseas, it, nothing's changed, they're still granted citizenship automatically. Now... Why do this anyway? I, 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 I have a feeling it's probably because they're moving towards, you know, doing something with birthright citizenship. Yeah. Um, I, I assume we'll see more to that. And they saw that there was this thing in the military that was going to stop that or like this exception right. going on. Right. Um, so I think that's what it is. But if anyone is tweeting about this, if anyone's talking about this, set them straight, please. Because this is highly misleading. And it's like what we just said. It's trending like mad all mm-hmm. over the place. And it's not true it's false you mean to tell me that something (gasps) that the media perpetuated is not true yeah like (gasps) rachel maddow before what (laughs) (laughs) what really (laughs) what oh my gosh i'm just so it's it's so hard to be able to tell anymore what's true or not true when you have 
actual reputable news organization. Did I say reputable yeah, when I was talking about Never mind. Uh, what, what some people might have thought womp, was reputable. Womp. Womp, womp. I know. Jack that one Well, up. I mean, it's true because they are the mainstream media. So you would expect them to be reputable. And I don't, I mean, everyone has the, uh, the responsibility to do their own homework, I think. But it does give me a little bit of empathy, which I know I shouldn't have for the other side because they don't have it for me, but it's just the kind of gal I am. <laughs> it gives me a little bit of empathy towards these people who are so hateful of conservatives and think that they're all white supremacists. And I'm like, that's what the media is telling them, right? And I get it that they should do their own homework, but I think you got to give the media a little bit of responsibility in this is that that's what they're hearing day in and day out. And they think... Well, this is mainstream media. It's supposed to be the one that I can turn to to get the facts. And this is what they're telling me. Certainly it's true. It's I mean, we know that's not. But I understand. I mean, they're like Jamie said earlier, they're being spoon fed this where you're being spoon fed this so long. You're going to have that kind kind of resentment towards the other side. The culpability between the majority of the media and the left mm-hmm. right now for all the problems that we have, it's. That just like how your mother looks like Gillibrand is uncanny. It's absolutely Shut insane. Up. <laughs> Shut up, Jason. Shut up. Hey, can can we do the the, the how how much it costs? Oh yes, to take yes. Before please, we go, please, please, please. Okay, so um, Jason, you found this. It it was it's basically a, a. Why can I not? It's the country. There we go. It's the country. It's a picture of the country. It has all of the states, all fifty states. And it shows the average price of a date in the United States. This is bullcrap. <laughs> this is absolutely bullcrap. I tweeted I'm this so out. I'm so glad I'm married. <laughs> if, I, mean, I, I couldn't compete with I never even would try to compete with this. Yeah. I was never this type of dude. They're trying to say that uh, in Texas, the average price of a date is $110. That's insane. That's, what are you doing? Where are you going that you're spending that much money? We're both married. That's yeah. like, okay, this is something that we would both spend on an anniversary, right? Yes. But but not an average date. Yes. That's not the average. When I was a kid, I, uh, like when I, all the way from when I was 16 years old, when I was legally allowed to date from, from my uh, parents. Oh, from what they uh, knew anyway. From what they knew. <laughs> uh, all the way up until like I got married, which I got married when I was 22. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't spend over twenty dollars on an average date. Of course, I mean you got to factor in inflation, and I mean things don't cost the same as they did before. Sure, but right? I ain't going anywhere near one hundred ten. This is what you know. What I would do when I was in high school dating and in college? Take him to McDonald's. Club? No, tons better. Whataburger. <laughs> Seriously, that that was my go to. It, it was it, my, my go to was Whataburger, and there was a dollar movie theater that had kind of like a lot of like. Uh, oh my god, what a cheapskate over here! No, it, it had a lot of like dollar um, movie. You can't even f- go for the splurge on the regular movie. You it was go cool to the because dollar. It, the interior was all done up really cool, and it was like all old school, and they played like older movies. So it was like kind of like yeah, we get it. Thing. Everything was old there. Oh, I had <laughs> that's what the dollar movies are all about. <laughs> I I had a very good game on that. To trust me, I like I well, your wife is hot, so you did something right. It worked. Yeah, it worked. I didn't <laughs> this. I and I didn't have to spend one hundred and ten dollars every date. Okay, you think one hundred and ten in Texas is bad though? California two hundred and twenty six dollars and thirty five cents. That's the most in the entire country. No, I lived there. I is it? No, look, no, New York. $297.27. That's $300 
to take someone out on a date. Wow, New Jersey 259. How do you, how do you afford? I mean, you I would just be single forever. Well, of course, I'm the woman, so You're not please, paying for I'm not it. paying. <laughs> please bring me all your rich men if I'm a single woman in New York, okay? It, would that would that imp- would that impress you seriously? Like uh, say first date, like some dude, we're in California mm-hmm. and some dude just no, so that's an average price. So then he's spending yeah. If you're going to go off, if, if the first date, he's like $400, takes you to the nicest restaurant in LA, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Are you impressed by that? I am. I think I am. As a, as a female, I am. Would you expect that? No, I wouldn't every, expect it at all. Well, oh. every time, no, I wouldn't expect it every time. But if you're talking about a first date, first date, you take them somewhere that's just way over the top then I think maybe you've set the expectation for the woman. I'm not saying I would expect that every time, but I think there are a lot of women out there who would expect every time, like, well, you took me to that fancy steakhouse before. Why are you taking me to what? I know I don't want to go through the drive-through. What happened to all of this lavish, lavish treatment that you were giving me before? Right. That seems like a woman thing to do. I see a lot of the guys that would probably, that's how they're, they would be thinking. Like mm-hmm. I got to really show her. See, I, but I would did the exact opposite. Yeah. I was like, for my first date, I got to show her what I'm all about. Right. You right. know, like, so, so what, so who, why are you, you type right. thing? Okay. But you also said something about taking women to movies, which I highly, highly do not advise oh for a, a date when you're just getting to know each other. Because my wife you can't, said the same thing. You can't talk. She how said the same to, thing. How oh am I gosh. supposed to get to know you and know whether or not you're a creeper and I even want a second date with you yeah. or, you know, if you're a good guy, if to we're this, just sitting to, at the movies. To this day, my wife still says that. She's like, I'm like, hey, she, She's like, I don't know if you're a creeper or not. I need to talk to you <laughs> more to find out. that out. <laughs> Close to 20 years. Still haven't figured that out. Yeah, she still says that, though. She's like, we never have time away from the kids so that, 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 grown, that we can have grown-up conversation. She's like, why do we want to go to a movie? I'm like, because it's Spider-Man. That's, like, come we, on. Th- we're the same way. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We're the same way. He's always, and it's the same, I want to say it was the same movie. Spider-Man? Yeah, but I was just like, <laughs> I mean, I could go either way i'm kind of indifferent about it i'd kind of rather like just hang out but we can talk in the car ride to the theater and back perfect <sighs> although i don't know my and i know my husband can hear me right now he's, <laughs> he's in the control room but he does talk a lot so maybe sometimes the movie is good oh, maybe sometimes fired. the movie is good shot <laughs> and the movie's only that gets him to shut up so maybe he just told me win, in, win. he just told me in my ear he's filing papers <laughs> Well, guess what, husband in the control room? For the low price of $110.99, some other guy can take me out on a super average date here in Texas <laughs> when you average. divorce me. <laughs> it's, that's crazy. The only ones that look halfway decent are... Oh, South Dakota, $38.27. That's Where are they like going? It. That's more like it. You so think? You- I would say 50 Really? I mean... I think 50 Well, I mean, here. I don't know about South Dakota's cost of living. High class for me when I still lived in over in Abilene, Texas, was Olive Garden, baby. And that was like what, like oh. for dinner? I, I still, I'm still a huge Olive Garden fan. But like that, but if I take you to Olive Garden, girl, you know that you know. I'm interested. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Olive Garden is reserved for we, the really special ones. Right, right, right. You don't give all you can eat breadsticks to everyone. <laughs> no. 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 no, you save that for the special ladies. Right, right. And That's the, Jason Petrel's motto. And the all-you-can-eat soup. But like, like, so all the girls there in like my high school would be like, hey, did he take you out to Whataburger? Did he take you out to the movies? Did you get Whataburger? Oh, dude, girl, you're in there. 
You got Olive Garden. You are in there. Oh, don't be surprised when he proposes soon. <laughs> all right. Because he took you to Olive Garden, which in Jason Buttrell's world is super duper fancy. Olive Garden either meant like uh, birthday. Here he goes. He's going to take us out. Or proposal. <laughs> This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.